0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the morning after report. 48 to 10 win for the good guys over West Virginia. John Denver's soul remains in the eight oh six for a fourth consecutive season. And the Red Raiders put together about as complete of a team effort as we've seen so far this year. Electricity on the offensive side spurred on by freshman quarterback Baron Morton. A dominating day for the Tech defense, which led to one of the most dominating conference wins for the Red Raiders we have seen in quite some time. We're breaking it down next with Chris Level on Locked On Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team everyday
0: We're going to start this thing off right. Radar! 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 Everything runs through Lovett. Thanks for joining us again on Locked On Texas Tech, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm Casey Cowan, and it's the morning after report, and the morning after in West Texas this time around. strong Texas Tech covers and then some as it was I think about as complete of a team effort as we have seen in quite some time you were really clicking in all phases of the game offensively defensively saw some special teams impact that you could certainly be proud of and of course some of those big hitters as far as game-changing plays you were finally making, I think the thing that will stand out to most Tech fans and deservedly so as far as that big play kind of category is concerned is the turnover margin 4 zero to the Red Raiders advantage as you take it away three times in the air. Also pick up a fumble on the day as well, and we'll get to a lot of things that Texas Tech was able to do offensively uh, once again led by Baron Morton and we'll discuss some of these things and beyond with Chris level coming up on a phone call in just a moment but defensively was really really impressed with the effort I I mentioned the takeaways but also statistically just shutting them down in every phase of the game for the most part you were able to get after the quarterback only 209 through the air for the Mountaineers less than 173 yards on the ground For West Virginia sack adjusted rush yardage I think around 3.2 per carry for the Mountaineers so defensively you couldn't have done it a whole lot better than you did that was great to see for Tim DeRuiter's group so big ups to that Texas Tech defense that has been reliable throughout the year pretty much and continued to be that way on Saturday against West Virginia offensively Barron Morton still the story and deservedly so as he has a terrific outing in his second start as a Texas Tech quarterback first here in the LBK which I'm sure came with some extra emotion you see it on the screen there if you're watching this on YouTube 28 for 45 for 325 yards and two touchdowns did some of that on the move also had a couple of big plays uh, as far as the timeliness of them uh, with his legs so that was really really good to see and I thought Really, for the first time in a long time, maybe this season, you had more so of a balanced rushing attack. Big day from Taj Brooks. Over 108, I'm sorry, over 100 yards, 108 on the day on 17 carries. Got into the end zone twice, but also some nice impact from Thompson and Donnell with a little over 100 yards uh, combined between those two. You were over 200 Rushing as a team on the day. Thompson also gets into the end zone, and that's got to make any quarterback feel good, whether it's Baron Morton or otherwise. And man, Xavier White, LBK, Pride and Joy continues to make an impact in the passing game. He goes over a hundred again, 139 yards on eight catches and a touchdown. So that was. Really good to see special teams wise got some positive impact as well as Trey Wolf knocked a couple through there in the second and the fourth quarters from 46 and 26 and Austin McNamara. I thought had one of his better days of the season. We know what he's capable of. Just hadn't really seen it as consistently maybe as you'd like it so far this year, but uh, had a long of 65 on just two punch for the day, but a 54 yard average there. One of them inside the 20 was able to pin West Virginia. So certainly consider that uh good stuff from your Texas tech punter. And from the Red Raider special teams unit at large. So overall, certainly a positive day for Texas Tech as you blow the doors off of West Virginia. Been a long time since I felt like we saw something so dominating in conference play, particularly against a team not named Kansas. I think I saw that this was your biggest win against a Big Twelve foe not named Kansas since 2009. Whenever you dropped Kansas State 66-14, to of course, that was the game that did away with the theory of transitive properties uh, once and for all. As you wax K-State, K-State goes and waxes the Aggies, and then you're thinking, well, this will translate into something nice for Texas Tech when the Aggies come to town. Instead, it was just a fat little girlfriend's rant from Mike Leach and uh, Mike Sherman and company taking it to the Red Raiders. Why am I bringing that up? I have no idea. Let's forget about that and let's get to my conversation with Chris level we started it discussing the moxie of Baron Morton because you know the guy was not feeling all that good and then seemingly according to Joey McGuire had a game day issue as far as a stomach illness of some kind so not exactly sure what to make of all that but still nonetheless from the beginning he comes out guns a blazing and I to some guts for Baron Morton. I, I wasn't sure how much he would play, uh,
1: you know, against, you know, West Virginia, just because he did not look good most of the week. I think they were very concerned about it. I think there was even some thought in the middle of the week about starting Donovan Smith, just because of Baron's just ankle, not really cooperating and and him not being able to move and him not being able to protect himself. I didn't find out until, you know, kind of him getting sick to his stomach and all all that stuff until after the game. But it was funny because I guess the trainer told the Joey McGuire, you know, this morning, uh, hey, look, he's not going to be worried about his ankle because he's probably worried about throwing up. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so, so if, if anything, yeah, it, it, it shifts the focus. But when you when you know all that, I just think he kind of just rallied, man, and he got in a rhythm early and they went for it on all those fourth downs and, and they, they started to convert them and I don't know if every quarterback in this system is going to be the big tempo guy. I don't think that's necessarily what Zach Kitley wants to do, but it's something that Barron Morton is extremely comfortable with. And then you had an issue on the offensive line they were trying to protect. But I just mm-hmm. thought Barron kind of gotten a, a groove and a rhythm, and it just worked. And you look up, and he started two games now, and he's thrown for over 300 yards in both of them.
0: Man, amazing to see that kind of moxie from a guy in general making his first home start uh, in the LBK, but one that's also dealing with some of the nagging stuff like we know he was dealing with. And yeah, it was one of those situations like, Oh, well, your ankle's sore. Well, let me, let me punch you in the mouth and give you something to, else to think about instead <laughs> of the ankle. So I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what was working for Baron, but I mean, Chris, I, if you just threw that dude out there and didn't know anything, what he'd gone through the past two weeks, health wise, didn't know he had a stomach ache or whatever was going on today. I wouldn't have guessed that that's a guy that's beleaguered by much of anything because he just looked crisp. He looked sharp. He looked decisive. He even had to scramble a little bit and move a little bit on the legs. And I just wonder, do you think that some of that showing up immediately, regardless of the context, how he's feeling, his ability to do that immediately, is that just some of that gamer or moxie kind of mentality we hear uh, about with him where when the lights come on, he's – He's just ready to go, whatever that actually is described as.
1: Yeah, you know, adrenaline. I don't know. And coaches hate that gamer stuff. It doesn't matter matter what coach or what staff or where they work. They just kind of hate it because they want to know what they're going to be able to get. But this guy is kind of showing you that what he's capable of. Part about about him him. uh, against West Virginia was not necessarily the way he threw it because he wasn't necessarily perfect. He missed a few throws, but it was just how well he was able to move. In yes. fact, able to to kind of get out of trouble and kind of move the the chains a bit. And I mean, ran it eight times is what the stat sheet is going to tell you. And that's just not something I was really expecting at all. I, I, I think that you know if they if you would have talked to most everybody over there on a Wednesday or a Thursday, they would have told you, oh man, it's this may not go well, you know, and then and like <laughs> I said, but he just kind of he rallied. He may be really sore uh, after this one. I don't know, but it looked really good. And you can't. And and he's earned the right to continue to play. You, you just can't change it now. I mean, he. Yeah. I, I think there was absolutely some plans to try to get Donovan in in certain situations and even give him some series, just because they weren't sure how well Baron could move or protect himself and. You could just tell that that kind of was something they kind of veered away from as the game went along because Barron was in such a groove, and the offense was playing
0: so well, yep. yeah, no doubt about it. And some of those some of that movement from Morton did not register a rush statistic, but I just thought his general elusiveness as far as a crumbling pocket or an extra blitzer or whatever it might have been. really impressed with that and and just continue to be excited about maybe what that's going to look like, you know, when he feels good, if there's ever a possibility of him doing that we were touching on lightly. There's some, some rushing impact from Morton, but Chris, we, we damn near got as close to, as we have at least this season, a balanced, impactful rushing 200 between Brooks Thompson and Nell Brooks leading the way with one Oh seven Thompson uh, around 60 yards on the day. But man, I loved what we saw there. And I don't know if it could have been any more timely with maybe a quarterback, a young quarterback, but also maybe a little dinged-up quarterback that needed something like that to lean on. Well,
1: you you did to West Virginia what West Virginia has really been doing to teams uh, in that – you controlled the game with the ground game and the short passing game and then you were able to hit hit some uh, you know intermediate and deeper throws but I, I I thought you know West Virginia's inability to run the ball and your ability to run it and and run it you know different ways I I thought Taj Brooks looked faster than he had looked I thought Sir Roderick Thompson looked fresher um, and then where, where's Bryson Donnell been he, he's still carrying <laughs> mountaineers down the field I mean that's a that very <laughs> right. impressive run at the end of the game for him.
0: Hey, and Chris, I saw it only one time. I know it was just one touch out of the backfield for Nehemiah Martinez, but you talked about, I think maybe a week or two ago, guys like Miles Price, other twitchy guys, maybe in the backfield trying to get them involved there. And when I saw Nehemiah Martinez get the one carry, I think he was motioned into the backfield before he gets the carry. Something just struck a chord with me there where I thought, I I wonder if maybe we see a little bit more of this, trying to establish some things there, catch some teams off guard second half of the year with some of those twitchy, maybe inside receivers getting a touch here or there in the backfield. Yeah, just mixing it up. I, I think Zach Kitley's going to always be very
1: creative. I think he, he, and he, he carries a lot of tricks into some of these games and re- they didn't really show much of it at all uh, against West Virginia because they didn't need to. But there, yeah. there's a lot of that there. I, I, you know, imagine what this thing looks like when you're rolling, and Miles Price is a part of it because Miles Price hasn't got to play you know, with right. Baron Morton yet, you know, and he, he's he's one of your guys. But yeah, I think I think Nehemiah and Xavier Martin, Xavier Martin, excuse me, Xavier White. I, I don't know why I keep doing that. I always reference uh, the, the <laughs> former Red Raider that, uh, right. but is, is Xavier White ha- had. Uh, one of his best days as a red raider and i yes. thought he's starting to be very consistent and starting to make plays and uh you know yards after catch were, were very much there but it was just yeah completely offensive uh performance really from so many pieces 10 different guys with a catch i think and you ran the ball so well your quarterback played well uh it's just you know and again you, you're missing a piece on the offensive line that was key you're missing two basically starters at whiteout and yet people just keep stepping up, and you keep
0: figuring out a way to make plays. I want to get a defensive thought from you before we uh, wrap up our conversation, but first, tight end impact. Was Mason Tharp's impact and some others in that group, was that just a byproduct of the matchup? Was there something intentional there, or what did we see? Because, man, it was certainly noticeable.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's part of the matchup with the way that West Virginia kind of sets their – sets their defense at times They move guys around a lot. And it, it's a credit to Baron for finding those guys. But I thought, I thought when Baron missed on the throws to the tight ends, he missed high. I don't necessarily have a problem with that because you're, you're, you're making a, you know, you're making it to where that's what limits turnovers. Like, okay, if my guy can't go up and get it, nobody else is going to get it either. And he overthrew a couple of those, but yeah, I thought, I thought Tharp and, and at some point Baylor cup's going to be a big part of this thing on a consistent basis, but I thought, I thought Mason Tharp and then Henry Teeter had a big, uh, had a big catch toward the end of the game. And I <laughs> yeah. know the the, the sidelines were, were, were jumping <laughs> up and down and excited about that. But yeah, some of that had to do with West Virginia. And that's the, that's the beauty of having some depth is that you can exploit different matches. Dude, but, but I just about, thought, you know, West Virginia kind of ran out of gas and you just kept rolling.
0: Yes, and man, love to see new dank Hank Teeter going for a big play once again. I've been trying to make him like an H-back, and he's like, no, I only go for 23 at a time or I go for nothing, <laughs> which is what he did <laughs> What he did today, mossing on him almost. Uh, man, I can't leave the conversation, Chris, without taking a look at the defense. I know the offense is going to get a lot of attention because when you have a productive day like this, and it looks like it did, That's kind of a new, fun thing to play with for Tech fans because we hadn't seen it so much. The defense, I don't want to take for granted because they were doing a lot of things that they have done previously this season, but I thought it was one of the better conference days that I've seen in quite some time statistically from a Tech defense. 282 total for West Virginia, only 209 through the air, 73 on the ground, adjusted for sack yardage, only 3.2 for the West Virginia ground game on the day. What stood out to you for the defense? Because uh, man, it seemed like a real team effort.
1: Yeah, I, I think this has been been one of the most impressive defensive days we've seen in, in league play against somebody you know not named Kansas in a long time. <laughs> and I thought, I thought when you when you look at their abilities to make a play on the ball, like some of those DBs. You know, Rabbit and and Rashad Williams, and then you had Malik Dunlap. Those interceptions were key, and that's really what put the Mountaineers to sleep, put them to bed. It was over when you started making plays on the ball and with those takeaways, man. And Joey, Joey talks about take three university, but they didn't stop there. They took four. So that 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 was really they finally made plays and, and turned the game around and really ended the game and allow you to blow these guys out because yep. they took the ball away and, and created you you know more possessions for you. But uh, so, some of those were big time plays, man. I mean, those all three of those interceptions were big time plays and. That's what, you know, that's what really stood out to me, maybe even more so than the offense. We'll, we'll talk a lot about the offense as the week goes along, but I just thought the defense was was super impressive because the, uh, of, of those plays that really changed the game at the time when, when West Virginia's. You, you just say no, not not happening.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the difference in maybe letting it continue to be a 14, 17-point, 20-point kind of game or blowing the doors off uh, if you just take the football away like they did. So keep the Take Three University shirts out for another week uh, because you're living up to it this time around. No doubt about it. We'll see if they will next time around. Chris, I hope you enjoyed it on the sideline, man. It was certainly enjoyable from the stands, and uh, appreciate the time here. It was a lot of fun to watch, man. Sign me up for more of that. Let's do it again next weekend. And there you have it. Thanks so much for joining us once again on the morning after report on Locked on Texas Tech. Please subscribe if you haven't yet on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And join us again coming up each weekday, 7 a.m. on YouTube for new episodes as we are digesting Red Raiders and Mountaineers 48 to 10, a big win for Texas Tech and getting ready for an even bigger one. Coming to town next Saturday night as the Baylor Bears are headed to West Texas, as is Patrick Mahomes. Should be a fun night at Jones Stadium here in the LBK. And we'll be looking ahead and breaking it all down throughout the week right here on Locked on Texas Tech.